B C A B C A B C A B C Upping the stash. I'm your host, Uppy. With me, as always, is Stash. Stash, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I am doing fucking awesome today. How are yeah. you guys doing? I'm doing great. Um, I got my St. Archer Hazy IPA with me. I got you with me. And it is Saturday, which can only mean one thing. Someone from Erie, Pennsylvania is here with us. And today we have none other than the man, the myth, and the legend himself, Dill Spears. How are you doing, Dill? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Fantastic. Thank you for coming on, brother. We appreciate yes. it. Oh, hey, absolutely. I was uh, I was a little salty that I wasn't on some of the earlier stuff, but uh, <laughs> you know that is what it is, as as they say. So I got my uh, I got my rum and coke here, so I'm I'm nice all set. That's well, the first know, rum you, and coke on upping the stash. Yeah, it actually is. Um, well, think of it this way: um, if if we had included you on those first ones, it would have been so crowded. I think you kind of got your VIP moment. It's true. You know, it is by attrition. So yeah, but on the other hand, I would have missed out on how drunk uh, Brent and Steve got. I know, oh maybe. yeah, and singing. Yeah, that was kind of amazing. Yeah, Brent. <laughs> See, what, what what you haven't heard was our attempt to recording a drunk song of the night episode, and it, it was a clusterfuck. Yeah, uh, it took an hour to get it. <laughs> 10 minutes worth of stuff. Oh, well, the, the problem is, is Brent is such an amazing drunk. Mm-hmm. He, he, yeah. he starts talking out of the side of his mouth and he's just, <laughs> he's just absolutely obliterated. And he's like, you're a great dude. I love you, man. I've only known you for 10 minutes. You're amazing. <laughs> now, now, if I remember correctly, that is exactly how he met Steve Castle, right? Yeah. That was that night? We were watching the uh, – it was the Ronda Rousey-Holly Holm fight when Holly Holm just, oh, yeah, great just had like the night of her life and knocked her out. And mm-hmm. we had literally been drinking for like six hours. And – and I had made the world's hottest chili, and it, it was so it was so hot that uh, one of one of Steve Castle's buddies came over and had like two bites of it and started to cry. And I was like, "This is the greatest chili I've ever made." <laughs> and uh, it's one of those ones where you finish a bowl of it and you're like, "Now I need some ice cream." So tomorrow when I'm sitting on the toilet, I'm like, right. "Come on, ice cream!" But yeah. no, um, <laughs> Steve brought over a, like a mixer of victory ipa <laughs> beers and we're just throwing them back and he's like oh these are all nine percent alcohol and i'm like oh my god oh, and and brent you know when he gets into his beer he just he was just mowing them down and then mm-hmm. we're, we're like outside my old apartment standing on the lawn and he's like you're a great dude i'm so glad i met you and i'm just like oh my god he's hammered <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> I think he even wound up Ubering home that night. Oh, wow. Uh, he better have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's here's the not-so-untold story, though, on that recording, is that um, there are, are there is a section in there where his cat goes nuts. 
and you start hearing this yelling, meowing in the background and the cat is just going crazy and then you hear him fighting and laughing and God, get your cat away. And now just all this madness going on and then it ends. And so we have no idea yeah, if they even survived the night. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't like that cat. Clem? No one likes that cat. Yeah. Uh, I've uh, I, I've been told – I've never been attacked by Clem, but I've been told that he's uh, he's very aggressive. Well, yeah, he's, he, he sounded like he was uh, not having fun no. with everybody there. <laughs> <laughs> but there's little I, I wish um that I think we can put some more out on that one because like the outtakes because it was funny just them alone because somehow we got knocked off of their uh, of off of the whole streaming and there's parts in there where she goes uh um the girlfriend or the wife goes uh, I want pizza and she's like bitch they ain't open right now it's three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Go get me pizza!" They, <laughs> it's just all this banter in the background was just fucking funny. They have an amazing marriage. They do. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it was funny stuff. So, um, so I do know, uh, Dill, that in a few short hours after you get off with us, you'll be up again editing your own show, Idiotville. Um, what can we expect this week? Who was on and what did you guys talk about? This week it was uh, me and Jake News uh, talking about, you know, as usual, the the goings on in Erie. Um, I, uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. I don't even know what the fuck we talked about this week. Um, well, we crowned two idiots of the week this week. Um, nice. And uh, if folks want to listen to it, they'll be able to hear who they are. Um, we talked a little bit about, uh, oh God, I have my notes and they're upstairs. I have no idea what we talked about this week. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 100% drawing a blank. Fuck. And any festivals going on in the city of Erie this coming, Yeah, coming you know out? what? That's exactly what we talked about. Let me go back. Um, okay. So uh, we crowned a couple of idiots of the week this week. Um, the other thing that we did was we talked about the cherry festival that's going on in uh in northeast as we speak it's going on and we talked about some amazing happenings with some carnies that we've all encountered Mm -hmm. uh brent came on and talked to us about killer mike and the goldfish and and i (laughs) I told my story about uh being at the the crawford county fair which uh Ooh. what were you doing down there oh it was probably about 15 years ago i was down there and uh i heard the greatest sentence i've ever heard someone say where a guy said you know i don't really do the powder but if i did i'd have to do the real stuff because that artificial shit will kill you <laughs> and i'm like that's the greatest sentence anyone's ever said (laughs) so we we talked a lot about that we talked about uh my favorite festival here uh it's called uh it was originally called we love eerie days so everybody in erie still calls it eerie days it's actually called celebrate eerie um and it's just the great big downtown festival that's been going on for the last most of the last 45 years um it's it's they got a lot of B-list acts this year. Um, <laughs> they got like Sister uh, Sister Sledge is headlining one of the nights. 
<laughs> and if you sisters, we are family. Oh, yay. if you if you uh, take a listen to Idiot Phil this week, you will hear Brent Liberty singing. We are family. Nice. Yeah. Nice. He's got the voice of an angel. He does. Yeah. He does. And we're hoping because you, you did uh, circle back to something you said already. You said you were a little salty that you're just now getting on. Yeah. Um, this is probably the most advent, advantageous time for one of you to come on because up until this week, we've only ever been on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. So whenever we've had like um, Steve or Brent on, it didn't really – no one has crossed over to this point. But um, as of this week, we're now on Google. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. So if the numbers come in – then you can be the hero, you know. There you go. I'm the one who spikes ratings. I'm the big draw. Exactly. You're the yes. hero. Yep, absolutely. Um, so one, uh, two things we wanted to um, have you do, because um, we recently put out an episode where we talked our three favorite villains. Mm. And I know that is a topic that's very near and dear in your heart. So do you have three favorite villains? Because I'm pretty sure that if you listen to our show, we probably disappointed you. In our selections. Um, I, you know, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I'm a little bit behind um, with okay. all the goings on. Um, so I haven't gotten <laughs> to that one yet. Um, okay, you can skip it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, but uh, my th- now are we talking like superhero villains? Or are we talking like movie villains? Because there's a lot of there's a well, lot we of ways to do villains. Go. Yeah. We just were very liberal with our definition. We would just take someone who was even just – they did such a good job playing a bad person that – you know, like, like for instance, one of mine – I'll just spoil it for you. One of mine was uh, Bradley Cooper in Wedding Crashers. Not really a villain, but he played the asshole so well that I hated him for a long time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know? Yeah, I can't think of – I can't think of the character's name or the guy's name, but somebody who would definitely get an honorable mention for me was the guy who played the villain in No Country for Old Men. Oh yeah, the guy, the boy, the the the, the guy, the assassin. Yeah, he was the terrifying. Yeah. I can't think of his name though. Yeah. Oh god. Um, he he was terrifying because um, he was like kind of emotionless. He just yeah, you know, and he talked in his voice. It wasn't even monotone, but he just talked in a voice where you just were like, "Holy fuck, I may die." Yeah, you know? and like <laughs> I was legit scared watching that movie. I'm like, the, like I didn't want to go to bed. I was like. 30 and i'm like uh, th- this is terrifying me i'm actually in the process of oh fuck you imdb um because i have to know his name um but while i'm pulling that up um my other favorite villain uh, i was a big star wars guy as a kid uh so i'm a huge fan of darth vader as a villain um and uh my favorite comic is Fantastic Four. Always been a big Fantastic Four fan. And for me, the best villain is Doctor Doom. Um, he's just, he's so evil, but he's like any good villain, he in his mind thinks that he's right. Like, and mm-hmm. I think that's the key to, to creating a good villain in any sort of fiction is they feel like no matter what their what their ends are justifies their means whatever they do and mm-hmm. dr doom um he he's not evil for evil's sake um he's very evil but he's not 
uh, you know, he's not like a, an agent of chaos. He's always got a, he's always got an end game in mind. And I always liked that because it was, you know, one plot would flow into another one for him. Um, mm-hmm. Like I liked Darth Vader cause he was pretty goddamn ruthless. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he was kind of foolish. Um, and by the way, that guy's name from no country from old men who is not on my list is uh, his name is, is Javier Bardem. Mm-hmm. And, Barden. Mm-hmm. and he plays uh, Anton Shigurth, or Shigur, yeah. I guess, was yeah. his name. I just totally drew a blank on that, so I'm sorry. Um, and then and he looks way he, different. Yeah, he does. Like his IMDb page is like, who is that guy? That's not him with his weird <laughs> long hair. Um, <laughs> and my third villain is uh, one that's become very popular recently with the Marvel movies, but. Um, he's always been a favorite of mine since I was a kid as Thanos. Oh, fuck Thanos. Oh, his, 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 <laughs> that's, that's why his, his stuff from the <laughs> comics from the seventies mm-hmm. when he, you know, just was slaughtering people left and right was just, he was so, he was a, a ripoff of dark side from, uh, Jack Kirby's, uh, fourth world from DC. Like, Jim Starlin read that stuff and was like, I can do this. And he created Thanos. And if you look like the original Thanos and the original dark side, like if you look at their images side by side, they're very, very similar. Um, I just think Thanos through the years has become uh, much more iconic as a, as a villain. He wasn't even really an Avengers villain, but they used him for the movies and he was perfect. He was perfect as like the final boss, you know? Yeah, I think um, how they portrayed him was an emotional thing of like, how can you type of uh, character, you know, like, you know, what gives you the moral authority to feel like you can just snap everybody out of existence, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if either one of you guys have ever read the original comic, the Infinity Gauntlet. It was basically Thanos was in love with death. And there's a Marvel has an actual embodiment of death and Thanos was trying to win her affection. And he realized at some point that there were more people alive now than had ever died. So that made him decide, I'm going to get all these gems. And then Mephisto, the Marvel's devil was like, Hey, what are you doing? What are you going to do with all this power? And he's like, anything I want to. And he's like, you know what? I still haven't done what I told death I was going to do and wipe out half the universe to, uh, to bring the scales back into balance. So that's why he did it in the comic in, in the movies. Um, they, they use the similar justification from him and I really liked it, but I also loved how they portrayed him as just when he said, I am inevitable. I just thought that was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but I've always argued like he, he, there's just always this godlike complex that he has, mm-hmm. um, and he's not because the only other person to hold those stones was, um, you know, uh, um, what's not Quill? Is it Quill? Um, in the movies? No, yeah, in the movies it was Lord. Uh, uh, <laughs> what's what's his name? <laughs> Fucking, why am I blanking on this right now? Well, anyways, and and the first Guardians of the Galaxy, he was the only ones to hold two of the stones and not die. Right, but mm-hmm. the only person that can ever kill Thanos was his daughter, 
the one that he kept freaking building up and making to a machine and yeah. not what we just saw in the end game. So right. that's only that's the only thing I didn't like on how it's um, portrayed out. But technically, they still try to stay true to form because she knew where he was, mm. but they never killed him, though. Right. It, it, you know what I mean? So... Well, one thing that I've I've always seen with Thanos in any of the comics was he had this amazing capacity to just step on his own dick. He would just he would just he would be he would have everything going the way that he wanted to, and then something would happen and he would just like one minor fuck up and he went. He loses. Sorry. Yeah. Well I would the whole thing that had really made just over the top for me where like I was like this is this is the guy's gotta die now if I could kill him I would was that <laughs> that Hulk couldn't even beat him right that that right there I was like okay fuck it I gotta go stab him or something because I can't stand this guy <laughs> like Hulk didn't even do anything you know yeah it, it it's the, everything they did with him like he killed Loki just killed him um killed I mean he he slaughtered a bunch of major characters before they got to him. And um, when Thor cut his head off, I was like, that's awesome. Like I, I did, yeah. totally didn't see <laughs> that it. Was amazing. And anybody who's listening who hasn't seen Endgame, sorry, we just spoiled a big plot point for you. Well, July. Yeah. Well, two weeks from now it's out on Apple iTunes. So Ooh. you should already seen it by yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which well, I will, I will, I will gladly buy again and watch or rent and oh, watch. Trust me. I'm waiting for the yeah. uh, the complete uh, all three phases set, set to come out on yeah. Blu-ray, and I'm going to drop like yeah. 800 bucks on it. Nice. Is that what it's going to be to get the full Blu-ray? Yeah, it's like it might be it's right. Like 30 discs with extras, and I'm like, this is what I'm going to buy. This is what I'm saving yeah. my pennies for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, Mrs. Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Donovan <laughs> Mustache is thinking of the same thing because um, she enjoyed the whole uh, Marvel Universe um, series from beginning to end. Truly enjoyed it. Like, like watched it religiously. We'll even watch them when they're on Netflix or Amazon. You know, we'll even rent it if we could. Um, that's how much she's always enjoyed it. So I think we'll drop. She will, not me. <laughs> She'll drop it. That's her money. She can do whatever she right. wants. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got one more quick thing. All right. And then um, a solid choice, by the way, solid choice. Like, you nailed that one. Um, so one more quick ranking thing that is now going to be required of every guest from here on out. Um, you, you got three songs you can put on your at your tombstone. Like, your tombstone has, like, a built-in MP3 player. Three songs that you can choose for your friends and loved ones to um, – listen to a message from you well i i I know i know there's a ton you could choose but what would you be your top well um apart from doing the obvious thing which is rick rolling my friends and family um (laughs) i just think that would be amazing is that gonna be your first one no 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 because i may i may just show up to your tombstone just to just to wear my jean, my denim, my denim shirt, and just yeah. I just <laughs> want everybody dance. to come up, and there's Rick Astley <laughs> doing the uh, doing the the Elaine Bennis dance from uh, Seinfeld. Like if you watch him, and then you watch her dance, it's the same dance. Wow. Um, but no, my three songs are uh, there's one that that I loved when I was a kid. Um, this is going to date me a little bit. When I was a kid uh, in the late '70s and early '80s. My parents had an eight track player in the family room 
and they had uh, Kenny Rogers' greatest hits on eight track. And the song, I love the song, The Gambler. And to this yeah. day, I still love that song. So that would definitely be one of them. Um, another one of them, which I think is one of the most iconic songs that doesn't get enough love, is uh, Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. Um, I did hear a cover of it by Motorhead, which might have been the worst cover of any song I've ever heard in my life. But that might also be because I love Sympathy for the Devil. And then uh, the last one is uh, Worst Day Since Yesterday by Flogging Molly. Um, those are my those are my big three. There's a bunch that didn't quite make the cut, um, but those are the three. Uh, worst Day Since Yesterday is just like, oh, I'm having a bad day. Oh, well, today is just a little bit worse than yesterday right. was. So, um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, uh, I really love the Mollies a lot. Um, and that, that to me is, uh, probably my favorite song that they've done. Very nice. Yeah, that's good. I think it was like a good shot. One of those ends up in the outro tonight. Outstanding. I hope it's, uh, I hope it's together forever by Rick Astley. It very well. <laughs> this audience might get Rick rolled during the break. Yes! You never know. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so let's get into some meat and potatoes here before break. Um, one thing I know you guys are going to be working on the collective group that you guys have going mm-hmm. and something that both the stash and I have a huge interest in. Um, cause I remember when it happened back in 2003, I just made stash aware of this thing. Um, this case just recently and he got into it. Um, what are you guys going to do with the whole Brian Wells and the pizza bomber case? Well, coming up here in August will be 16 years since it happened. Um, and what we're going to do is uh, we're all going to kind of re, 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 rewatch Evil Genius, which mm-hmm. is the, uh, the Netflix documentary Netflix. about the, the pizza bomber. Um, and then we're going to talk about each of the episodes, um, we're going to do like a big super cast of it, probably be a couple of hours long at minimum. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, we're each going to talk a little bit about our, our personal recollections of where we were and what was going on, um, especially since one of the uh, the last of the co-conspirators just recently died in prison. Um, so there's, there's really nobody left who knows exactly what happened. What happened? So... Um, it's, it's very, uh, very interesting for us to, you know, go back and talk about it. So I, I, um, I, I, uh, tried to watch it, but I think I had too many Heinekens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that didn't, that didn't help. Uh, plus a good, good conversation with, with a sister about, um, what we're going to do in future earthquakes that scared the crap out of our family. Yeah. And that happened not too long ago. So, but um, my my thing is, how much was um, a law enforcement um, FBI involved in the sting of the individuals? That's my first question. How much of it was involved? Uh, well, I mean, law enforcement obviously didn't get involved until uh, and until they started trying to piece it together after Brian Wells died when that bomb blew his chest open. Um, when he was laying on the ground, right? Oh yeah, he was. He when, was when he was. Yeah, I uh, he was sitting. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah let, let me, sitting or whatever. Let me give you a quick anecdote about that day. 
Um, I, at the time I was working at a paper mill and we were laid off and I was working waterproofing with a guy south of Erie and he went to pick up our paychecks at the paper mill and he was gone for like three hours. I'm like, where the hell is he? He gets back. He's like, ah, somebody robbed the bank on Peach Street. And I was like, shit, well, I better get to my bank and cash this check because there's no way yeah. they robbed the bank that I go to. Nope. It mm-hmm. was the bank that I went to. It was the exact same branch. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. son of a bitch. And they had Peach Street closed for 48 hours. And if you've ever been, 48, wow. if you've ever been in Erie, they had it closed from Interchange Road, probably all the way up to I-90, which is it's Holy it's shit. a solid mile they had it closed mm-hmm. and um it was just it it was ridiculous that the they took so long to figure out what was going on but there were so many pieces of it and it it's just if you haven't sat through evil genius it's it's worth a binge like if you're not doing something on a on a sunday afternoon it's worth sitting down and mm-hmm. watching it for 4 hours cuz it really It'll open your okay. eyes about how insane criminals are. And this was these these guys were like the gang that couldn't shoot straight. They were just mm-hmm. they had, <laughs> they were just they thought they were the smartest people in the room, and they might mm-hmm. have been intelligent, but they just I mean they fucked up every single thing they did. They thought there was going to be two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a bank vault on a, mm-hmm. on like a Friday afternoon. I was like, really. I think he got away with like six grand. So well, yeah. one thing I have to wonder is, um, so the 250 grand that they're wanting was going to be the money that was going to be required to pay the one co-conspirator, the, um, the hit money to kill, uh, doll Armstrong. Is that her name? Marjorie deal Armstrong. Yeah. Deal Armstrong. Yeah. So that money was good to pay the one co-conspirator to kill her dad so she can get the inheritance that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, why not hire a cheaper guy that you can't afford? Um, you have to remember that Marjorie Deal was one of those people that always thought she was smarter than everyone else, always. So she decided mm-hmm. that she was she was going to, or she decided that she was going to spend this two hundred and fifty grand to get this done. And it was like exactly what you're saying. Why why didn't she get someone cheaper? Or for that much money? Why not get a better assassin? You know, I mean, this is, this is, as we were, (laughs) as we were talking before the, uh, before the show, you got to kind of think like a criminal sometimes and be like, maybe if we're going to spend that kind of money, we get somebody who's a little bit higher quality. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Something that could maybe work a little pretty quo pro or something. I don't know. (laughs) Um, So, the last question I had, I'm not sure if Stash has any more questions. The last question I had is more just personal opinion because there's no way to know. But I know initially when the FBI wrapped their investigation based on a special I saw on Discovery or History or something like that, mm-hmm. the FBI concluded that Brian Wells was a co-conspirator, not a victim. And from what I understand, I have not seen Evil Genius. We don't have Netflix, but we're talking about getting it. And... From what I've read about the the Netflix special, is they kind of determined he was a victim. So, what do you think? I think he was. I actually, uh, and I'm not the kind of person that goes blindly along with law enforcement, but I think that he was absolutely involved. 
um, with his his casual attitude when he went into the bank and and how he thought everything was going and he waited in line and and everything like that. I think he was absolutely involved um, in thinking that it wasn't going to be a real bomb. And then they said after he got to put on, you know, he realized suddenly, oh, this is a real bomb. I might die. Um, I, I don't think he was smart enough to have been one of the planners, but I definitely think mm-hmm. he was in on it. Stash, you got any questions? No, I, 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 I need to watch it, but not drink so many Heinekens next time. <laughs> and eat so many, and and eat and eat two beer brats in a row, like oh, back to back, yeah. and then decide to watch it. Because <laughs> yeah, I think that's what did me in. Um, but I, it sounds very interesting. I, I love uh, things like that. And the, the only reason why I ask is um, lately I've read and and I've read quite extensively in a lot of reports that showed when there are um, when law enforcement is involved in these types of sting operations that it's law enforcement that that's encouraging these uh these acts to happen and so i just wanted to know how much as how much of it was actually them versus how much of it how much of it was other people influencing their actions well i'll i'll say this i think you might have a little bit of uh bad information because there was no sting that happened okay Um, it was it was the law enforcement um, didn't come on the scene until after the crime had been committed and after Brian Wells was dead and they were purely investigational the entire time. Now the, um, and the guy, uh, Rothstein, um, who was allegedly the mastermind of this whole thing. Um, he went to the cops afterwards and then they, they kind of piece things together after that. Um, but the police, the police weren't directly involved with it. Um, it was definitely this gang of misfit criminals, or as they said on the, uh, I think it was Dateline did a special. And I, can I say that I feel like Dateline missed the boat by not having Keith Morrison do the pizza bomber episode, but he, they, they just referred to, uh, referred to it as all the misfit toys in your EPA. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it was. It was this, this group of people who were, unemployed and spent their days fishing on the on the pier mm. and banging hookers and in, in uh you know yeah. delivering yeah. pizza yeah booze booze <laughs> blows and broads yeah yeah hey right. you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one thing that shocks me that like almost seems like it's an impossible story to tell now because i was just on the i was actually reading something about it this evening how uh brian Mills was a high school dropout and i was like wow he had a job being a high school dropout like Nowadays, you have to have like a master's to be poor. Yeah, you know, he, like. <laughs> yeah no shit. <laughs> but he, he, um, I mean, he, it's not like he was beating the world. He was, he was delivering pizza. Right. You know? <laughs> that, yeah. that, not, not to knock pizza delivery people, but, um, you know, the college I went to, the big joke is I did get an Ed- Edinburgh University graduate off your front porch, pay for your pizza. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I, I I have to give credit, like so you know already, um, Dill, Brent and I have been friends from since we were like eight eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to school there, and those were some of my best visits to visit him. Is when he lived in Edinburgh on Ontario Street, <laughs> you know, just going like the Copper Coin, that like, quarter draft night, oh. and then everyone gets drunk and heads down to John Wildwood's Pizza, and get a nice greasy Stromboli at the end of the night. Oh yeah, it's a fun town. They just, Fun town. John's just had a fire. 
The eerie one, the eerie one, right? No, Not no, the, it was the Edinburgh. It was the original one. He had a, he had one of his pizza ovens was on fire. They're they're going to wind up uh, reopening here in another uh, another couple of weeks. But um, oh, good, yeah, because I I just I I hope they don't have to replace the ovens because they get that patina on the mm-hmm. ovens that makes the pizza so much mm-hmm. better. Yeah, <laughs> you can't you can't you can't replace that. Uh, Whatever happened for 20, 30, 50, 60 years, whatever, how long it has been there, you can't get that back. Oh, exactly. It's baked yeah. into the freaking system, you know? Yeah. So it's like smoke. It's like just like your smoker or your 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 grill. You can't get that back, you know? Yeah. It's, it's part of it's, it. Uh, so, it's just, yeah. so uh, correct me if I misrepresent uh, anything, Dill, since you uh, lived there for a period of time in your life. Stash, to give you an idea, this is a, a town with a state college. And it's a fairly small town. It's not very huge. They got like five bars. And then it seems like once they close down, everyone converges on this one like little pizza place that um, looks like it's a house. It's like the size of a house. It's not like this. It's not even. It's like a it's a storefront that's probably if the storefront is 15 feet wide, it's that's big. And then it's, you know like a hundred yards deep with the ovens and everything, but you've mm-hmm. got it exactly right. Edinburgh's got a population of about 6,000 that just about doubles when the college is in session. Edinburgh university is a pretty small school. Um, mm-hmm. And then what winds up happening is you both froze on me. Oh man. What a worst time for him to freeze. No, nope. Okay. Oh. Um, oh, okay. All right. He's back. He's back. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, you both froze on me too, and I panicked there for a minute. I'm like, no. The oh. <laughs> so last thing we heard um, was about six thousand. Edinburgh's a small university. Yeah, Edinburgh's a small university. Yeah, um, so it, it winds up being about twelve thousand people, and there's there's five bars in Edinburgh. And you're absolutely right. When they close, everybody's like, let's go to John's. Like we do this thing called uh, Oh No, which is Old Heads Night Out, and we go to Edinburgh <laughs> and we drink like we're in college. And one of our friends, he, he has a tendency to get drunk and wander a little bit, um, ordered his food at John's, paid for it, and then left. Like, walked up to the hotel that they were staying at up by, uh, it's probably like three miles in the dead of winter. He was hammered. Walked up there. They got back to the hotel, and there's poor Doug sitting in the lobby of the hotel. And he, he pissed because he didn't have his John's, but he went to the sheets right by the hotel. And, and got him. So he was way down there. Yeah. Oh, they were. Um, the they he walked all the way up there. Crazy. Yeah. Hammered and was pissed. That's that by the freeway, isn't it? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> That's out by the freeway, isn't it? Yes. The yes, it is. It's like right oh, off shit. the exit I seventy nine. Doug was Crap. so mad. <laughs> And he walked in the dead of winter. Yeah, it's it's three miles, and he was he he's one of those guys though. He gets drunk and he makes friends with somebody new, and he disappears. And we're like, what happened to Doug? We lost Dill. His internet cut out real quick, but it was about break time. So,
Hey, welcome back, everyone. Uh, hope you enjoyed the break. Uh, we got Dill back. Dill uh, had a little internet connectivity issues. And uh, oh. before we before we uh, get back into our uh, second session, where Stash is going to pull up some uh, just some news headlines that we're going to read and react to, which we've done a few times here on the show. One thing I forgot in the first section, Dill, um, that I've been thinking about since we knew you were coming on that I forgot to say was um, – we had an unaired pilot, which I think you guys did too, you and Brent. Yeah. Recording it. Um, the first segment of our first show, um, we talked about our uh, influences and like, how did we become Uppy in the Stash? Like, you have to, you have to, you just don't go from not doing a podcast to doing a podcast. You, you have to listen to something that inspires you to think, hey, I could do this too. Mm-hmm. Um, the stash had one, two. I think stash. You had the intercept, and you had serial. I think was your two. Yeah, yeah, that was my two. Um, my inspiration. The only reason why I'm even listened to a podcast to begin with is because of Idiotville. So I want to let you know that uh, you and Brent, you guys started a thing. Like I remember being in the group chat where you were the day you order the microphones for the show. So. I do not know what podcasting is without you. So thank you for doing what you do and being my inspiration. Well, you are very welcome. And thank you for, uh, for making us up our game by doing such a good job with your, <laughs> how drunk are you? Is your mic? <laughs> I'm deadly sober, sir. I've had two drinks. Nice. Uh, well, thank you for the kind words, but no, in all seriousness, um, I never got made it to air, but you know, you were mentioned in our first show that, um, I didn't listen to a single podcast ever, but you guys started to show you're my friends. And um, I tune into you every Monday when I come to work, and I look forward to it. So thank you so much for what you do. Oh, you're very welcome. Absolutely. Stash, you got um, got some headlines? Yes, yes. Um, let's do one quick one that we know that happened today for sure. That was definitely all over social media and Twitter. Uh, was that uh, Vice President uh, Mike Pence, the fake Christian, um, was uh, <laughs> visited <laughs> uh, the concentration camps that we have down in our uh, southern board area. Um, and so um, so here it is. Uh, nearly 400 migrant men crammed into cages amid horrendous stench uh, on Mike Pence's tour. Um, and you'll hear different headlines, but... He basically visited an area, and um, which which I think is quite um, for photo ops and politics, you know. Um, so so that we're all on the on, on the same page is that um, I, I I studied this in school um, when I got an advanced degree on this is that uh, I think the photo op was quite horrible actually, um, and the politics that were they were trying to achieve on this. Um, backfired on them, and I'm going to say backfired in the sense that history is not going to judge kindly. Um, they only showed all men and a lot of the photos and um, of, of you know the cameras and stuff that they were taking, but they were crammed into spaces and people were yelling out, you know, they haven't taken a shower in like ten days. So that's the first headline. So what's um, what do you guys think? Well. Um I, I think Mike Pence um, is the single most disingenuous man who has ever walked the face of the earth. 
um, with it. He's so anti-gay that I think he's probably just closeted okay. at this point. Yeah, he might be um, finger in the butt. Yeah, yeah, he's very. <laughs> and that's no, and that's no disrespect to his like finger in the butt, but he's like, I don't like it, but I like it. Yeah, he's he's the classic <laughs> closet case self-loather. You know, he just. Yeah. I, there's, there's no way that he's, you know, if he wasn't vice president, that he wouldn't have been caught in a, in a hotel room outside of Indianapolis with, you know, some, some 21 year old male prostitute. That he met in the bathroom because he touched him on a wide stance. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I I have a very, I have a very wide stance. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. (laughs) Oh God. Yes. Um, but I, I, and, and I mean, Mike Pence is, he's already looking at 2024 or he's probably going to run for president in 2024, regardless Mm -hmm. of the outcome of next year's election. And he just, he wants to, there's Mike Pence. He's very tough on immigration. No, here's Mike Pence. He's a stuffed shirt who is uh, glorying in the oppression of people that he perceives to be less than him. Yeah. Um, so I, I view this in the same way that I view um, him showing up to the football game a few years ago. It's all just political posturing. Um, it, it plays well for the hateful Christian sector of our country. Mm-hmm. They're gonna, same, same thing Dill was touching on. Like Someone's going to sit there and think, oh, man, this is – this is Mike Pence, hard on immigration. And that's what it's going to come across when his next step does occur. Um, but that's all it is. Like, you know, the whole homophobe thing, the whole homo thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you believe in conversion therapy, then you clearly are gay. Because um, conversion yeah. therapy just is a piece of shit, and it should be done, and it doesn't work. So It's torture. It is, it yeah. is torture. You're, 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 um, you're saying to somebody that, um, you're not who you think you are, right? Or you can't be who you mm-hmm. want to be um, because, you know, whatever our West, our um, European pseudo-science, Judeo-Christian beliefs say that you are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you know, they get free passes on the fact that um, David Vitter can go out and cheat on his wife and have sex with all these prostitutes and he can only apologize once and everything's okay, you know, and he still keeps a Senate seat type of type of crap. But he, it's um, his type of Christianity really shows how you can push people away um, on the idea of what um, a good religion could be. Right. Uh, good moral teachings of being kind to each other. Right. Because because they really run on this uh, idea of like. I'm this good Christian guy that I believe in pro-life, but I don't believe in pro-life when it's 340 dark men um, in cages. And and this is where they sort of, um, you know, fucked up their photo op because um, um, there are congressional um, delegations that went to these places and had the opportunity to get ahead of it, and they didn't. And now here they are trying to play catch-up, and it doesn't work because... The, con- the conditions are so horrendous, no matter what you do or no matter what you say or no matter what you put them in clean T-shirts for these kids that they were talking to, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It doesn't play out for them because they're going to see that 
but because as long as we have Fox News and, and AM radio um, and, and guys like Sean Hannity and uh, Rush Limbaugh and all those other guys, that East Coast, West Coast, whatever, AM stuff, the shit that they got, it's it, they're going to say it. They're going to say it that way. Well, you see all these dark men here. They look heinous and they look this way or that way. But aren't they pro-life? Are, aren't, aren't they about this pro-protecting uh, uh, individuals and all lives matter, but not not the guy in the cage, you know, then, and half those guys don't even speak Spanish. You know, they, no, they speak it, the indigenous languages that they come from in the hills. It's, um, the, the thing that you touched on there with them not being pro-life they're they're the conservatives are not pro-life. And, and I, I love this saying they're pro birth. They want to make sure that the kids are born and that's it. They don't want to pay to, they don't want to help feed them. They don't want to help house them. They don't want them to go to school. They don't want them to get jobs. All they care about is asserting their control over a woman's reproductive rights till the baby's born. Then they could give a shit less. They cut money from snap. They cut money from chip. They, I mean, they cut from, they cut money from everything after the kids are born, but dear God, don't, you know, don't try to tell them they can't do a transvaginal ultrasound. Right. That baby's yeah. a person. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and uh, touch on what you're saying, because uh, I have hounded that exact phrase on this show. You know, you're not pro-life, you're pro-birth. And uh, not that we have any um, religious people who listen to the show, but someday I'll catch on that, you know, a Catholic said that phrase. And... Um, yeah, I mean, just today, just tonight, before we get ready to record, I'm on Facebook and I'm fighting the retards out there. And uh, my apologies for using the R word, but you know, it was the same st- typical conservative rhetoric of um, the Democrats always want to take care of the people from other countries, but not the poor. They don't care about the kids in poverty. It's like, well, I don't see a Republican out there advocating for a living wage and uh, free health care as a right and all these other things that would help people get out of that rut. And I'm being called stupid. And I know, Dale, you know who I'm talking about because it's the oh, same person. I def- yeah. definitely do because it's every every time that person that you're talking about opens his mouth, it's like this guy, guys like him are the reason that Donald Trump got elected. And the yeah. same person said, I voted for Clinton so I must be Democrat. Like if you haven't voted for a Republican in over 20, if you haven't voted for a Democrat in over 20 years, you're not a Democrat. <laughs> it'd, it'd be like my, my dad who hasn't voted for a Republican since Bush in 88 saying, oh, since I voted for Bush in 88, I'm still a Republican. He's not. I mean, no. it, that that's, there's, there's a lot of a lot of holes in that guy's logic, the guy that we're talking about. But, yeah, but that's a pretty that's a pretty big one. Yeah. So that's that's the first headline. So let's uh, move on to the second headline. Thank you for everybody. Um, this one's a big one. This is about war. Um, House says Trump can't go to war with Iran unless Congress approves. This is from the Intercept. Uh, very very. This is actually a great big deal because um, um, the House. Uh, you know, basically rescinded the congressional authorization on that uh, the bill that they passed back in 2001 on on where they can and cannot go to 
uh, decide that they want to, you know, raid, wage war. So um, this is a big deal. Um, from here on out, how it goes over to Congress, I mean, to the Senate is 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 a big thing because um, here's 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 the thing, right? About this whole idea of like uh, Congress says, well, you can't go to war without our our congressional approval, right? Um, when we get into that talk of technicality, we sort of lose sight about what where we stand on like. Is it okay to bomb and kill and maim and use these weapons of war on people who don't have the ability to defend themselves, right? And or um, even say that they have an, uh, um, a vote on these things are going to happen, okay? I'm in Moreno Valley, California. I can't decide about Congress going to war or not going to war. But if Iran wanted to decide to go ahead and bomb us, what voice did I have, right? And they were the world dominant power at the time. What am I going to do, right? I'm going to support my country and say, fuck these motherfuckers, let's fight back. That's the whole part where I get mad at like going like, how about we just not bomb innocent people because we're not going to fight. Um, Iran, fighting a war in Iran might be a, full, a, a, a war where we're actually fighting those that wear uniform. And that might be the first first fight in this so-called war of terror. And I say so-called because no one, they're not tearing anybody, terrorizing anybody. Where we're fighting somebody in uniform. We haven't fought anybody in, in uniform since World War II. So who are we exactly. fighting? Well, I mean, who are we fighting? Yeah. They're, they're fighting against an idea a lot of times, I think. And... and all of these these Middle Eastern wars have a tendency to look like we're at war with Islam, yeah. and we're not. We're at war with the people who are running those countries and the the the, the folks that are folks, the the guys that are in their armies, um, you know, supporting that regime's ideas because you know they don't really have a choice. They're mostly conscripts, um, and I think the the them, at least the House, trying to revoke the authorization for use of military force. Um, it's it's been around for almost eighteen years. Um, it might be time to go ahead and rescind that and make the president ask for another one. Like he's got to, he has got to justify going to war with Iran. Like Republicans just have this fucking hard on for going to war with Iran and it's like why 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 do you want to do that there's no point in us going over there all they had to do was leave the 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 deal that they had in place with Iran to keep them from building nuclear weapons and this wouldn't be a problem but Trump basically revoked it he and there's no way he figured this out on his own cuz he's not fucking smart enough is yeah he we revoked, or I'm sorry, we, we just canceled the treaty. And then Iran said, okay, there's no restrictions on the amount of nuclear weapons that we can build. So we're just going to keep building them. And then the Trump administration is like, see, they're building more nuclear weapons. We have to go to war with them to keep them from doing it. When all they had to do was, because they were abiding by the deal. They yeah. were saying, yeah, we're not, we'll, we'll be good. And then it's like, no, eh. 
I just I, I can't well, hit my head on my desk hard enough. Well, well, well here's here's uh, here's here's kind of like the hypocrisy that they go back and forth on about it as they go, well, you see, they're trying to do it. And then it's like, well, the entire time you were telling us they were. So which one is it? Are they trying to do it or they're doing it now? Right. Mm-hmm. Because even if they even if they started now, if they wanted to, because that type of enrichment takes such a long time. And, and the runoff and the waste that comes from it, they, they have to be able to process that and use that as well. It would be beyond, even if there was a second presidency for Trump, it would be beyond him. So even, even, even after that, they would still have it if they wanted it. But that's not what's ever happened and is not will ever happen because there has been enough evidence to show that that is not their main goal. Their main goal has been to produce energy, right? Because if they truly wanted to do it, they would have done what Pakistan and North Korea had done, and they would have had it by then, right? So how yeah. so how are you a very rich country like Iran, right? Oil rich country like Iran under uh, uh, not as much embargo, right? Not as much U.S. sanctions that that's going on, and not have a nuclear weapon. Or, or uh, arsenal capability than you are like Pakistan and North Korea. Well, can I can I touch on the main point? The mm-hmm. the recent uh, them trying to rescind the president's ability to just you know make that decision. Yeah. Um, I think it goes to show how batshit crazy our president is that they took that action because it started under Bush uh, after nine eleven, if I'm correct, mm-hmm. um, when that power was given. Um, so we went through two terms of Bush. We went through two terms of Obama. Never came up. <laughs> now we're not even one full term into Trump's presidency, and now it's coming up. So I, I just want to, you know, Stash, you bring up some great points that that's a huge rabbit hole I'm sure we could spend hours on, honestly. But to the to the main uh, article and the main point, I just want to say that that just goes to show how batshit crazy our president is that they would be touching that topic right now because – with him, with uh, Michael Bolton up there, and Stephen Miller, and Mike Pence, who knows what the fuck is going to happen? Yeah, Mike Pence will just, you know, just more photo ops in front of people in cages. Right. He always looks like a robot behind him, though. You ever notice that? Though, like, <laughs> every time he's in a, like photo op with Trump, he's always stands there just still and silent, like, don't, I, you know, I can't don't, believe this guy's the fucking president. He's like, he's like, oh. what's the What's the what's what's that little Roomba? He's like the Roomba. He's like the Roomba vice president. <laughs> if you if you touch him, he just goes the other way, right? And he keeps doing what he's doing until he hits the other wall, and, you know, until he figures out the, the parameters of his. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't laid out the room yet. It's a circle, so it's a little confusing. <laughs> So, uh, fun fact Saturday, that was another, speaking of Iran, that was another Facebook argument I got into right before we recorded was about the Iran deal. Uh, Same yeah, person, too. Yeah, oh, imagine. We're going to make that guy the uh, idiotville idiot of the week. You know, he was yeah. doing so good up until tonight. Like, he, uh, uh, Brent Liberty gave him props. He's like, hey, man, you know what? His, his link was bad, but he actually, like, cited, uh, a Reuters article, like you've taught him well, and then it's like he knew, he knew that like, he was praised somehow, some way, because all of a sudden he went batshit crazy again, 
and uh, he he brought I up the, to Info he, Wars. Where's Info Wars? He, he brought up something about Jeff Foxworthy and the uh, Iran deal, and I was like, well, Trump must want Iran to have nukes because Trump left the Iran deal. And he's like, no, Trump left it because Obama put us in a bad position. I was like, the bad position of Iran not getting nukes because that was the position he put us in was Iran not getting nukes. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't even trying. They weren't yeah, even trying. No. There was no, no way they were going to, like, John Oliver, I'm not sure if you guys watched last week tonight, but John Oliver had a great show on this where he basically said that deal meant they couldn't enrich uranium past, like, 2% or something. I don't know. Some no, obscenely low enough. And they still can't. They know. They still can't because because they're still under okay so here's the thing though they still can't because they they they're still honoring their part yeah. in a deal where other people are saying okay okay don't do these things so that we can figure out a way that mm-hmm. um, we can still trade because um there are, there are a lot of countries um that we're not talking about that we trade with um that mm-hmm. are still trading with Iran and one of them is India India mm-hmm. trades with Iran right and so that's where they're like, okay, we're going to steal. These are rhetoric that we hear, right? And these are not anything that's officially happened. But Iran and India, and in India is probably like our, what, six biggest trading partner or something. They're not all high up on the list. But still, how do, how do we say, okay, India, be our biggest, um, you know, security alliance, but we want you still to have this economic freedom and we're not going to pimp you out and saying what you can and cannot do. This is part of the equation, right? So we can be the rhetoric that we say that we want to be, mm-hmm. but there's a lot more clunk, uh, more complexities in the issue, and that's one of them because India is also a check on Pakistan, which Pakistan also has nuclear weapons itself, right? But Pakistan's also a check on India, and so there's all these complexities. How how do they solve them? They can't. Well, my point was much more shallow than that. My point was simply, uh, according to the Iran deal that we also were a part of. Like you said, there, I think there's like six total countries involved. They could only enrich uranium up to like 10% or it was some real low number. To make a nuclear warhead with uranium, like you have to enrich it to like 98%. Yeah, it's 10 years. And, and like Dill was saying, they were in full compliance with everything. And based on how the deal was written, there was no way they could hide anything because of the half-life of this shit. <laughs> like they couldn't clean no. it up, you know? No. Yeah. yeah, and we can, we can tell, we don't even have to have people in there. We can tell by satellite, mm-hmm. you know, if they if they've gone over because it's you know they can it's radiating so much, yeah, yeah. And you know, I'd like to go back to you know this thing with the treaty. Our country does not exactly have the best record when it comes to adhering to treaties that we've signed with others. Yeah, look what? At no, look at the Korean War. Yeah. Come on, Mister History Major. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're ready for the third one. Okay, so yeah, we're let's get another one. one. Okay, this is where we're at that one. All right, all right, we get on there. This one, I, 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 I thought that it would be an op- a great opportunity because um, this is something that, as human beings, um, we want to achieve. Even though the idea behind it was about war, but man on the moon, uh, fifty years after man first walked on the moon, there are plans going back, but this time to stay. Uh, this is Reuters. Um, and it's actually pretty cool if you ever go on the Reuters website. It's really awesome. They got some really fucking great pictures that they um, high-definitioned. It's awesome. They're beautiful. I, I, If we ever have the opportunity to go to the moon, I will buy a ticket 
Um, I will sell my sew. I will sell my left nut. Um, I will do whatever it takes. But it's actually really cool. What do you guys think, man? Do you think we should uh, start moon moon colonies? Because really, well, hold, nobody lives there. So can it be called colonies or can it be called something else? Because nobody lives um, there. You're not colonizing anything. Uh, I, I don't know. I would love to subscribe to the Bill Maher philosophy. Is let's um let's take care of our, let's take care of our planet. Let's let's not make leaving an option. How about we? Yeah. Can we can we spend that money on my student loans? Yes, yes, please. You know, can we? Um, can we worry about the homeless vets and the problems with the VA and our crumbling infrastructure instead of this vanity? You know, having a moon base, and I mean, what are we going to have like Trump Tower, Luna? Yes, you know, and yeah, and it, it's it's this thing that Trump grew up in that era where it was like going into space, and it's like, holy fuck, dude! Think about what you're trying to spend this money on, and you're bitching about like healthcare and voting machines. Like, <laughs> This yeah. is going to cost in this day and age to, to start a uh, put a house on the moon would cost a trillion dollars. Yeah, conservatively. Yeah, but that's cap- that's capitalism. Everybody wants to go somewhere. And so Jeff Bezos is going nobody else, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. he can do it. <laughs> yeah. He can have uh, the moon for our Lord and Savior, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. yeah. What was the guy? The one guy, Mark Apple, or whatever Trump called him. The guy from. <laughs> yeah. Tim, from Tim Apple. Apple. Tim, Tim Apple. Tim Apple, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why don't we have we have Apple and Amazon with competing moon bases? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> no, I, I, I you, you you raise a good point, but the only reason why that I brought that up was because if we were to ever go or I think that I think that we should never stop exploring. I think that um we should keep pushing for the technology and um I want us to I want my son to grow up uh, at a point where we're like, we're going to go to Mars, right? And see something different and be like, how can we learn, right? And, and, and or learn from how these planets are not habitable to make them what we are, you know, to fix things. And I think we can learn a lot from our past. But you're absolutely right. There's a lot of other more pressing issues in our, in our daily life and student loans for being the trillion dollar thing that it is that we can bankrupt. Here's the fucked up part about that. Let me just go off on a tangent really fast. Is this, is that um, student loans is the one thing that in your loan life that you cannot, you cannot stop paying in certain states because they will revoke your license, right? And here's the fucked up part because now they took away, they, they have, they have, they have um, essentially moved in a way to um, take your way to extract your labor and and use that, right? And say, I will not pay these exorbitant fees because baby boomers had the opportunity, some baby boomers, not all of them, some baby boomers had this opportunity to where they live debt-free from that because they had the opportunity to go to school without it being so expensive. Right? I, I have a friend, actually, a, f- a friend of mine who um, Mrs. Eppy and I are going to uh, an A's game with them on Tuesday night. Um, he, the husband, he made it all the way up until like his last year of college. And he was in college for probably about five or six years. Cause you know, 
you can't get through community college in two years. It's just not possible. Yeah. Um, he made it all the way up until the last year, year and a half before he had to take a single student loan. He was able to work full time doing odd minimum wage jobs and pay for his school. Yeah. And it's just nuts to think that I lived in a time when that was possible, you know? It was it was not only possible, it was expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you would do. It was easy. But I mean I, I, I do want to go ahead. Go ahead, Dale. I was gonna say I got eighty thousand dollars in student debt. Um because my my you know, I'm not and I'm not ashamed to say it. Um being the only income in my house, uh, my loans went into default when my wife got sick. Um yeah. and th- there's no way for me to say, hey. There's no mechanism in place for me to say, hey, I need you to let me have some sort of something. Reprieve. uh, Reprieve. You know, let me me not pay these for a while while she's sick. And Hmm. nope. um, So my my wages are being garnished to the tune of 15% every month. And it's, you you can actually, believe it or not, you can bankrupt them. Um, you have to get special permission from a federal judge mm-hmm. and say that not bankrupting, not including your student loans in a bankruptcy will cause undue financial hardship on you. Yeah. Um, and then they will allow you to bankrupt them and they'll charge yeah. them off. But it takes a lot. How hard is that in a world where Betsy DeVos is the secretary of education? Hard. It's hard. It's actually one of the I imagine right now it's damn near impossible. No, it is. It is because they want their money, and and they and Congress made made sure that um, um, our student loans were the only ones that you couldn't bankrupt on, or they made it super difficult yeah. for that point because they wanted their money. They saw can the opportunity I, to make money. Can I can I get in one last thought about this? Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. You want Donald Trump wants to guarantee reelection. Um, uh, Forgive the student loan debt. Oh yeah, if he did yeah. that and 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 pushed Congress and said, "I'll sign it," he'll win. He'll win easy, easy. I'd vote for him. Shit, I would. <laughs> I I hate to say it. I uh, might. I, I actually wouldn't blame shit. you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, wouldn't blame I might even. You do that, you would relieve so much in my life. I wouldn't have to worry about it for the rest of my life. You know? It would stimulate the economy to a degree which has never before been seen. Yeah, you would. But he is because you're not being is, sucked in. Yeah. Yeah. He's so beholden to those special interests that say, no, we need to get our money. And mm-hmm. no, you can't tax Wall Street. And it's like all he's gonna I mean, he doesn't have he doesn't have the balls that God gave him to do anything. Um but if he wanted to guarantee be, reelection, yeah. Pass yeah. that pass that before before the election next year and then it'd be okay so uh, so here's a here's no a little prayer. here's a little political political historical context that you can put it in okay it would be what ronald reagan did with the amnesty program and in quotations amnesty right his his program that he did that won in the second re-election because he wasn't going to win he had no chance of winning because of how the deficit was going and how the tax cut that he you know introduced was going he wasn't going to win, but the minute he did that, he regained he he gained so many votes that pushed him over the edge that it would be the same way because Trump cannot win on his base alone. You can't win on 15%. No. You cannot win on 15%. 
you're going to have to do something drastic. And if he did that, you, you'd see these never-Trumpers. Yeah, you'd see these never-Trumpers going, fine, okay, I'll vote for you. You just made, right. you know, you just gave... you, And, and he would Both. have to do it in a way that would go, fuck you, Bernie, fuck you, Harris, Buttigieg, and, and uh, Gravel, and all these Elizabeth other Warren, Warren. Yeah. right? All these guys, right, that are very, very these anti-poverty programs. You'd have to do it in a way where you're going, I'm going to sign it tomorrow. Congress, you pass it. Fuck Republicans. We'll get it passed. And the Senate. Right. You know? so, so so since we're talking politics and we're about out of time, um, Dill, rapid fire, your top five Democratic candidates as of this moment, who are they? Uh, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, uh, Mayor Pete was in there. He's fallen off. Uh, Joe Biden was my number one until the debate. Um, yeah, he fucked up during that debate. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, God, and then like the field, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't pick the rest of them out of a lineup. So, so basically, the top three. You, you got your top three: Harris, Warren, and Sanders. Harris, Warren, Sanders, Biden, then the Biden. field. In the field, yeah. Maybe Mayor Pete in fifth. I, I believe in Mayor Pete. I think Mayor Pete's going to end up probably being a VP. A solid, he could be, I'm not saying he will be, he could be a solid VP candidate. He needs, yeah. he needs to butt up a little bit because he had that opportunity to really work that crowd on when he got um, um, called out about the pre- police brutality, and mm. um, he didn't. And that and that yeah. and that that could hurt him in his home state. If if you lose your home state, you're you're done. You're done. Yeah. You know. So be be careful on that part. Well, hey, Trump you lost know? his home state, and he still won. So I mean, that's kind of. Yeah. He didn't even carry in New York. Yeah, so. but he only he only because his electoral college said all he needed was, you know, whatever, the number yeah. that needed to be done. So, but anyways, yeah. just that sounds like a different show for a different day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're getting we into can, my we're getting my area of study here. So, yeah, mm-hmm. mine too a little bit. Yeah. So, so um, I, I know what's yours. Uh, what's yours, Uppy? What your top three, really quick? If if you're gonna my top three, my top three yeah. favorites. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna kind of mirror uh, Dill here to a degree. Um, Harris number one. Um, anyone who listens to our show knows I'm on the Harris train. Uh, Elizabeth Warren too. She's an awesome candidate. I would happily vote for her. And actually, my number three, um, Mayor Pete. Ah, nice. I, I I have mine already picked out. It's uh, Mike Gravel, top one, two, and three. Uh, he's 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 only one that's been able to call out this um, empire state that we're trying to uh, create or uh, have created. Um, he stands for Palestinian rights, which is a basis, and I feel like it's a benchmark to say if you can stand for Palestinian rights, then you can stand for uh, a lot of other things. Um, that is on that. Um, and, um, you know, he's what decriminalized sex work and marijuana and cocaine. And I would oh, God, I hope they decriminalize marijuana in Pennsylvania, <laughs> man. I just want to get high. Right, <laughs> without being subjected to be, yeah, come California, man. We'd, we're already doing it anyway, so. Hey, get, get your wife healthy. Get Mrs. Spears not breathing healthy and come yes. and visit. Absolutely. That's our, our plan is once she's uh, – once she's able to travel, we're going to take a trip out west. I got friends in California. I got friends in 
Uh, I got a friend in Seattle. Um, nice. We want to hit Vegas. You know, all that stuff. So hopefully yeah, one day she'll be uh, she'll be well enough to travel. All the visits have been going right, and you guys are going out to Buffalo, or where are you guys going for the visits? Yeah, we go to a a great uh, great place in Buffalo called Roswell yeah, Park Buffalo. Comprehensive yeah. Cancer Institute, and uh, they're, they're they're they just treat her so well there, and they're doing everything they can for. Her. I mean, there's there's not a whole lot that you can do with stage four metastatic breast cancer, but um, they're doing everything they can, and and God willing, she'll be with us for a while. Um, and I'm, 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 I, I do want to see brother. Yeah, so. Absolutely. The casting crew, Thanks, Mrs. Up, Mrs. Uppy involved, because um, um, to tell a little story is, so Dill and I have known each other for just over two years now. We were introduced by Brent Liberty via text message and Penguins Hockey. Excuse me. Um, the month after um, that happened, I was actually in Erie, but I wasn't able to meet Dill because he was in Pittsburgh with his wife. She was, you know, she was sick and having her health issues even two years ago. So I haven't three, had the pleasure. Three years ago. Three, yeah. yeah. So I haven't had the uh, pleasure of meeting you yet because of, you know, life treating the right people the wrong way. So please just let her get healthy. I know she's in good hands with uh, the medical care out there. Just let her get healthy and let you guys get back on your feet and just live in life without worry and all that fun stuff, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I really appreciate the thoughts guys. Um, mm -hmm. We're, we're doing, um, we're doing everything we can and she is just, just tougher than boot leather. She's going to be, she's going to come through this. I don't know how, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know she's gonna. And, and I will say, I will say this. She doesn't get to go on your show often enough, but if she wants to come on ours, she is always more than welcome. She speaks I, I, well and she's a funny lady. Um, the few times you had her on, she's awesome. She can come on anytime. Yeah. yeah I want to get her on again before the end of the summer, probably when we do the, uh, We'll, we'll throw back to earlier in the show when we do the uh, the Evil Genius episode, the Pizza mm -hmm. Bomber episode. We're gonna yeah. uh, we're gonna try to get her on. We might even get uh, Jake's wife on too. Oh, per yeah. oh man, I look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> even even, um, even if even if she wants to do a guest appearance on Uppy and the Stash, and wants to hang out, she's more than welcome. It doesn't have to be any special occasions. It could it could be a lonely mm -hmm. old Tuesday night or a Wednesday or whatever you know. We're always we're always the we're always willing to make anything work out over here on our show. Absolutely, yeah. Great. That's and, awesome. and just and just so you know, as as a as a person who, uh, my my grandfather who raised me as a little boy up until I was a good old strong man, I had cancer stage three, and so uh, I went through all the sessions with him. I, I understand and feel the pain, and understand what it is to be, um, on that on the other side of the issue of, you know. The living the life mm -hmm. of it, and so I'm I'm here. And and if you ever want to talk or text me, man, shoot me a message, man. It's not easy. It's not an easy life, but we we're here. You know, it's like that. It's a community that's very close. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate it, guys. I really do. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, in closing, um, you have all the time in the world you want. Um, let everyone know where you can be found, what it is you do. You plug the shit out of Idiotville right now. All right. Well, we are Idiotville Podcast. New episodes generally drop Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, if everything goes right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Erie. That's E-R-I-E -E underscore Idiotville. Um, the other guys are Brent and Liberty. I believe it's Brent and Liberty 2, I think, is Brent. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Uri S. Castle for Steve Castle. Um, Jake News is, is so convoluted, I don't remember it. Um, and our, our other guy, Ted Brogan. Um, we, uh, we're on SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Nice. That's a healthy uh, little a sort of way to be found. Uh, we finally got there ourselves, but um, there's no, there's not enough good words I could say um, for your friendship and your support. Um, you plugged our show plenty um, since we became a thing. So thank you for just being our friend and our um, partners. Cause I, I think there's many good things coming um, in the future between all of us. Oh yeah. And the super secret project, the super secret project. And then yeah. also um, um, we want to have you on all of you more and often the closer we get to the 2020 election as well. So again, just thank you for being just amazing dudes. You're awesome. You've been my good friend with no reason to have to be. And um, you checked in on us when the earthquakes happened a few weeks ago and that meant the world to us. And you can come on anytime. We'll make every exception for you. So you just say the words and we'll make it happen. All right, guys. Well, it's, it's really been a pleasure. Um, and, and I can't wait to come back and thank you so much for having me on. Um, Absolutely. And I guess I will talk to you guys very, very soon. Perfect. Thank yes. You. And I'll be texting you first thing in the morning as we're both editing together. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Good night, and thank you again for staying up late and uh, hanging out with us. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness till boredom overtook us. And he began to speak He said, son, I've made a life Out of reading people's faces And knowing what the cards were By the way they held their eyes So if you don't mind my saying I can see you're out of aces For a taste of your whiskey I'll give you some advice So I handed him my bottle and he drank down my last swallow Then he bombed a cigarette And asked me for a light And the night got deathly quiet And his face lost all expression Said if you're gonna play the game, boy You gotta learn to play it right You got to know when to hold them Know when to fold them Know when to walk away And know when to run you never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting When the dealing's done